Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. You can listen on your favorite app or at jodystevens.org. Genuine Life Recovery is made possible by great friends like Joshua's Heart in memory of Joshua Brent Moore, bringing hope, love, and awareness to those afflicted by addiction online at joshesheart.org and Jody Stevens Productions for commercial voiceover, narration, production, MC, and public speaking online at jodystevens.org. Hey, welcome back, friends. Today we are talking about overcoming trauma, overcoming domestic violence. We're talking about self-defense against it, too. Sharing her amazing story with us today is my friend Robin Padilla. Robin is founder of Damsel in Defense, uh, personal protection products available for women. This is super cool stuff. And so after we hear her amazing story, she's going to kind of show us and tell us, depending on if you're watching on video or listening, we're going to do a little show and tell, right, of some of these great products, uh, one of which I actually have, which I'll show you that one too. So, uh, and Robin also gives talk. So, Robin, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jody, for having me. It's been a long time since we've uh, talked and seen each other. <laughs> I know, I know. So we met when I was doing Morning Drive for the Fish in Sacramento, uh, the radio station, and you were at, I believe it was one of our events. I think it might have been Ladies' Night Out. which was It was, at Destiny Church in Rockland. Yeah. And yes. so Robin had this whole, oh, I loved it. And then you came on my show, and Max, our, you know, the the my boss at the time was like, you can't have all that stuff on the radio. I'm like, Max, it's women. It's self-defense. This is my stun gun. Of course we can. You know, he was just like, so anyway. And so, so Robin was there with all this uh, self-defense paraphernalia and it was super, super cool. Um, do, you did some good business that night. I think, I hope anyway. You know, everywhere I go, I do. It's just empowering yeah. women and so many don't even know that we have safety tools like this. And um, I love being able to educate them on what we have and how to use them. Because yeah. the last thing I want is to give somebody something that they don't know how to use. Because um, yeah. then they still don't have any safety tool, you know. Right. But yeah, it's it's been a pleasure and fun. I love what I do. Those of you that are watching the video, I bought this really cool stun gun. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to stun it now, but I will. But the thing <laughs> great the battery like lasts forever it's fantastic because it's just it's really easy if you're jogging or something you can just hold it um you know so anyway yeah so robin thanks again for being here i want to hear your story of course um for those of you like this is recovery and mental health with a biblical perspective we talk about recovery a lot but so many people in addiction and recovery have gone through trauma now robin's story is an addiction but there's abuse and trauma that she had to overcome so i do like to talk about trauma and overcoming trauma and how god works in our life because i think it all applies and you grew up in domestic violence and then went into a domestic violence marriage which yes. is very 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 common so mm -hmm. um i'd like you to just share your story of 
kind of how how it all started and then of course we'll get into the redemption piece too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh yes well it's funny that i don't know if it's funny or not but yeah i can only go back to about age uh, 11 when the mm. sexual abuse started mm. um i don't know if there was any before that um when i was yeah. like up to five because my dad was married to my mom at that time and we lived with them until they separated mm -hmm. and i have no recollection at all and no memory mm -hmm. at all of anything in my life from then so wow. i don't know if something happened but when we all my sisters and brother went to move in with my dad and my stepmother um he just he's been an alcoholic for years and mm -hmm. so we lived with that um, his anger would you typically just come out after work or after drinking. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a lot of physic physical abuse with that, as well as some people think that abuse is only physical and it's not. It's oh, yeah. mental, it's emotional, it's verbal. Mm -hmm. And there were things that he said to me that I just cringed and I, you know, lowered and lowered and lowered and never had any self esteem. Um, never, no confidence and absolutely no voice. You know, we wouldn't, we couldn't talk back. Those were the days, right? And <laughs> we're talking were about also, in the, yeah, in the in 60s. Addition, yeah, in addition to the abuse, you were a child of an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you had, yes. you had all those, the self-esteem and the fear and all the same issues that kids of alcoholics do. So, yeah. Mm, okay. Continue yeah, on. So that was uh, not pleasant, obviously. Um, I never had anybody over at the house because I wasn't proud yeah. of where I lived. But when I would get the opportunity and my dad was nice and let me go stay over someone's house, I actually got to see what a normal life was. Mm -hmm. How other normal, I call them normal fathers, treated their children. And my dad did not treat us normal at all. There was no love from him. Um, it was all, I mean, this just sounds horrible, but this is what he used to say to us. Um, I'm God. And mm -hmm. you, I, you listen to me, what I say and so forth. And I'm just like, you are not. Wow. <laughs> you were, I was raised in church and um, with my mother, I should mm -hmm. say. And I knew that he was not, but it was, it was hard. You know, I would turn into myself. Um, and just, you know, I didn't, the, I'm, I, I'm a squirrel. I'm so sorry. But I didn't even know my dad had molested my sisters until my mother passed away, my, my, my birth mother. And mm -hmm. we got talking and then we, I found out that they had been molested as well. But I never knew that in that same house. So yeah. I don't know, I was asleep, whatever. But it's a very hard thing to get over and get through because when you don't have that person, you think you can trust and you can turn to for any situation yeah. I, it was lacking in my house my stepmother the most wonderful woman but she i see it now i didn't see it then was under his control as well yeah. and because she was my stepmother my dad refused to let us call her mom even though i tell everybody she's my mother because she pretty much raised us and um so we, it was hard to, you couldn't, I had nowhere to go. I was young, didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and then in high school, I um, went in, I met a boy and he was real nice and, you know, we got along good. And, but then for out of nowhere, he would get uh, nasty or say mm. something not nice or just 
like, whoa, what's wrong with this person? You know, and yeah. I'm not used to that that type. My, I knew exactly how my dad was because he was like that all the time. Right. But it was weird that he would get angry or, or you know, I was af- afraid. Uh, I was afraid that he wouldn't believe me because several times he didn't. And mm-hmm. I mean, I remember one time we got into a, a, I, this is before I knew to keep my mouth shut, um, an argument oh. when we were going together was I said something and he got off the charts and he started doing donuts in the car, in the middle of the street with me in the car. Mm. And then I was able to get out and then he's trying to run me over. Oh God! I'm telling you, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> despite that and other things that he did while we were going together, um, he also, I still got married. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, where else am I going to go? He told me he loved me, which my dad never did. He was kind periodically, you right. know. And so for me, I felt I had nowhere else to go. And I knew I didn't want to continue living at home because mm-hmm. I'd already been in that for what, six years uh, under his thumb. Mm. Well, and then you didn't really have any of the tools to kind of spot this because, you know, the the dysfunction or the mean behavior, all that stuff, it's kind of normal. Like I always say, you don't really know what's wrong until you see what's right. And pretty much all you saw was dysfunction. You saw, Mm -hmm. you know, and in in abusive families, very common, like, right, right, what stays in the family, you know, everything stays behind closed doors. We put up this front. We pretend none of this stuff exists. It's not safe to talk. It's not safe to tell, right? Core sisters don't tell each other. Nobody talks, right? And then you get out into the world and you could, you, you, you don't know how to spot it, right? You're just, you're just going along and you, you gravitate to what seems familiar, right? You know, that's so true. And it's like, um, I met a woman, this is later in life, but she came up to one of my tables and was, she's telling me that, you know, as we talked a little bit about domestic violence and she was saying when she was a young girl that she never had anybody, she never stayed over anybody's house because yeah. she thought all dads treated all kids that way. Yeah. And that just now again gives me goosebumps because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And if you're living that your whole life, you think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally normalized. So abuse growing up in trauma, then you get into this marriage. Uh, How did that, when did you get out of the marriage and how were you able to get out and realize, (laughs) okay, something's wrong here? Like, was that, was that a God thing? Um, Absolutely. Like, were you walking with the Lord this whole time or did something shift or what, what was that like? You know, I think I'm, I'm different than some women of, uh, of abuse. Um, even as a child, I mean, because we went to church, um, Mm -hmm. I've always believed in God. I've always been prayerful. Um, and during the marriage, um, every time he'd have an incident or an issue, I just called him. He was crazy. Um, found out later he was manic depressed and I think they would call it bipolar now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but every time we would get into it, I would just pray, dear Lord, please, you know, get me out of this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he would say he's leaving and I would be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) You know, just, you know, and an hour later he'd come home and and my stomach would just, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just drop. But, and then we had two kids and, um, just a, a blessing, you know, um, but in one aspect, because he was 
violent and verbal and everything as well, I was, I sheltered the, my girls from that. Um, so yeah. if they, if they got in trouble at school or, you know, whatever, it was kept between me and them. So I became the father and the mother, even um, though he lived in that house, because I didn't want him to take anything out on, on the girls. And I know there was uh, one time I did try to leave. Um, and I just, like I sat with him talking to him, you know, and he said, and I thought it was a good time to talk because he wasn't in that weird stage, you know, the crazy stage. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you leave, if you try to leave, I'm going to kill you. Mm. And I'm just like, well, I can't do that to my kids, you know. So I lived in fear for 20 years with oh him. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I know somebody asked me one time and said, you know, why do you stay? You know, those yeah. are, if you're being abused, why don't you just leave? I said, you know, you're not an abusive person, so you don't understand it. But when somebody demeans you, tells you you're not worth anything, that they are in total control. You have to get permission for everything. When you live that life at home and then you're married in it and then the threats come, you feel you have no other choice, you know, because you don't tell your friends and everyone, you know, those things. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm married and, you know, we're happy and we do this and that because how do you explain that kind of abuse and then what do you do, you know? And again, I didn't feel and didn't know in this was like in the 70s that there was some place I could go. I never heard about Weave or, um, you know, any of those other shelters that help women that we have around now. Um, So I stayed. But then I started seeing more and more happy people. I started to seeing some of my friends. I'd, I'd hang out with them if I could, but usually at work. So that was my escape was going to work because I could be me Mm -hmm. and seeing that they had normal relationships and normal arguments. And I just saw, okay, everything he asked, I did. If I didn't do something, that was the first, that was the first thing that was like being told to do it. And then, you know, you find out the things you do wrong, even though that's not you doing them wrong, what Mm -hmm. upsets them. And then you find out, okay, then I started doing everything he asked and that didn't work that didn't make him happy either so that realization and seeing other people with normal relationships that just started to click in going i want that and i was feeling more independent more stronger and i the girls my girls were i think 13 and 15 i think at that time Mm -hmm. and i remember saying i'm going to file for divorce from your dad and i knew it was something that i had to make a plan and a lot of domestic violence uh, women mostly don't know about that and they just try to escape, but it's making the plan. It's, it's getting your, your social security, mm-hmm. your birth certificates, your, um, the bank account, start saving money. I used to go to the grocery store and I would cash out, like, do you want cash back? I'd take 10 yeah. or 20 at a time. So I had money stored, you know, and then the day came. You're like Julia yeah. Roberts, you know, in Sleeping with the Enemy. You know, you've got, oh, you've got yes. oh my swimming God. lessons, and I love that. That movie's so good. <laughs> you know, she's got the whole plan, and hers is a little more dramatic because it's Hollywood, but but yeah, it, wow. Exactly, but that fear was in her, yeah. and she got her child safe, you know, away, and then she went into, you know, full motion of, you know, getting that done. Mine mm. was just trying to keep the, the girls, you know, safe, and then 
Um, anyway, so I'd gone to a lawyer. I even talked to my accountant. Well, that was afterward, but the lawyer told her this is what I wanted to do. And um, I talked about a restraining order and what that entailed. And then I was supposed to go somewhere that I had collected money from people for a fundraiser. And I'm in the car and he comes out to the car and he says, you can't go. And I said, but I have all this money. Everybody's waiting for me. And he says, no. And he started yelling and cussing and everything. And then he's like, I'm going to get the gun. And I took off in the car. So I took off, called the kids. I think they had cell phones then. And that was when that was my, that was it. That was the catalyst. That was the one that said, you have to leave. This is your opening. And I took it. Mm. And um, it was the scariest thing I ever did. Um, but it was the best thing I ever did um, to escape that. But the yeah. the because of everything that I had been through, child and marriage, again, like I mentioned at the beginning, you grow up without any confidence. You know, I can't live on my own. I can't do this. I can't do that. So that's where the savings started. Um, so that's how that's how I got out of there. Wow. You know, it's interesting. A couple things pop in my mind. And, and one is when people say, oh, well, why do you stay? Well, first, there's what's called trauma bonding, which we actually did a program on that if you want to go back and listen to it. I will. But that just becomes completely normal. But secondly, if you, you know, choice in life and free will is like everything else, right? It's, it's learn. And when you don't learn it, like for my family, it was very codependent. And I always felt like I was stuck in other kind of things people wanted me to do. And I remember a psychologist saying that for most people, we understand that we have choices, but for some people, they don't even realize they have a choice. You don't even think that you have a choice. And and for people, like I get that. I, I get mm-hmm. that. I think as women, maybe we get that a little bit more because we're like, well, I have to say yes. I have to bring the cookies. I have to do the PTA. Like it doesn't occur that we can say no. It doesn't even occur if you've been raised to be not taught, you know, to have a choice. And that's part of why you stay. We have to, you know, we have to relearn all these things, reset our brain. And, you know, when you suffer abuse as a little kid, your brain's developing. Your brain is developing into that. So you have to change the impulse, the things that come in through your eyes and your, you know what I mean? You have to completely reprogram your brain and your emotions and your, you know, and that takes a long time, (laughs) right? I mean, so, um, so you get out, you're on your own. Um, did you kind of, was this guy, um, did he do that cycle of abuse? Because I was also thinking, with abusive people, it's an addiction itself as well. Like they go through a cycle, you know, was it, was it, did he like love, do the love bomb? Oh yes. And then, and then, you know, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen Mm -hmm. again. And then the devalue and then the discard and then the abuse. And did that circular kind of, they call it the cycle of abuse or narcissistic abuse. And see, you were probably gaslit. Uh, and, you know, and so you had all this, um, trauma and PTSD, there's PTSD from all of that, mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it, cause one of the things that those type of people do is if you say, I think you're having an affair, they go, what are you talking about? You're the one having an affair. And they, they gaslight and make mm-hmm. you think 
you're the one doing it. Like, did he do all that stuff? Oh, every, he's the epitome of a narcissist, of an abusive person. Everything that you said happened. Every single thing. Um, He used to, I was a male lady for 25 years. And during that time, even during the marriage, I, he used to stalk me when I'm delivering mail. Oh, gosh. I'd be at somebody's house and they had to sign a a certified letter. You know, you have to wait for a signature. And he was parked there and he's yelling at me, what are you doing there? And, you know, he thinks I'm going to go whatever, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, Um, he burned all my uniforms one time. You're not going back to work. And Mm. I mean, yeah, there was stuff, all that stuff. But he also grew up in domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just crazy. So, I mean, I think that's what we kind of bonded at the first because we both yeah. lived that life, but we thought we would be good for each other mm-hmm. because we didn't want that. But I did not know that he was, you know, had that bipolar issue. He'd come home from work and, you know, uh, go crazy, you know, yeah. and not having anything to do with me. Wow. So you got out. Thank goodness. Um how did you get, so then he stalked you. How did you get ultimately free of, of him and just of abuse in your life period? Um, well, one thing that, um, is not common, I don't think, cause I haven't heard it. My, as we were going through divorce, <laughs> he actually committed suicide. Oh, wow. wow. And I just like, I just say, thank you, Lord. I yeah. mean, I did. I said, thank you. I'm sorry. He felt where he couldn't get help. Yeah. And even though I tried to get help with him, he didn't refuse to go. And he just didn't want that. I don't, I think he just didn't know either, but I was willing yeah. to change. I was willing to want a better life. And that's all I ever strive for. And that he didn't meet me there and yeah. he didn't know how to do it, even though I, you know, I can only do so much. Right. Right. But yeah. I, I, I thank God because he's out of his misery I and the children are out of ours, and it still took me, even though all that, it still took me years. I used to have nightmares, Oh yeah, you know, your PTSD that he, because then now I'm married, okay? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm in my dreams, I'm still married to him and my new husband, mm-hmm. and I was hiding my new husband the whole time so he couldn't see. So those things lasted for years. I saw counseling and everything. And, yeah. you know, even today, I mean, I just, I thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. I know you couldn't help me back then, but in a way you were helping me. Yeah. You were helping me to be strong, to be a fighter, to be optimistic, and just to be, you know, keeping the faith. It was just keeping the faith the entire time. And now I've been blessed. <laughs> with a new husband with two more children and with um, a business that is um, a Christian based company that, you know, helps women and um, children from domestic violence, sexual assault and human trafficking. And those all fall under that same, you know, uh, abuse, all three of those. And I'm just blessed that that has, that part of it has changed my confidence has yeah. given me the confidence and, and uh, the voice. I can speak now. I can't even shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what's beautiful is, you know, we live in this broken, fallen world 
we don't get always get the opportunity to live victoriously until later in life. And so we have to go through this stuff. And now when you work with other women, you get it. Like you get the trauma bonding, you get the, you know, it's like if, if you're sold into sex when you're nine and then, and then, you know, these, these supposed prostitutes are there and that's what people think they are. They have no mm -hmm. idea. A lot right. of these guys, they find out they're like, Oh my God, like they didn't know. Uh, and they need to know. I don't know if you saw the sound of freedom. Oh my oh. gosh. Great movie yeah the best but, yeah but you know so it, well done mm -hmm. but it's it's when they're trying to get these women out a lot of them keep going back you know they're, that's they're, all we know you know because and and the, well why would you go back why would you go back so you get that right you understand that intimately mm -hmm. uh and so that gives you the opportunity to use like it talks about in corinthians to use what you've been through um to help other women you know mm -hmm. It drives me. It feeds. It actually, like I say, it feeds me. When I get a call and somebody needs something, whether it's just because they're walking or running late and they want to have protection, or those mm -hmm. that have been through um, or are going through, living through domestic violence uh, or sexual assault now, um, I am very private with them. I have on my, yeah. my website under my profile, if you need help, if you want a product, don't send it to home. If you're afraid he's going to see it, send it to the post office, general yeah. delivery. I have links for people there because I want them to know this is a safe place that they yeah. can go to, you know, yeah. for listening, mm -hmm. for giving them resources. I partner with several agencies uh, around in Placer County where I'm at and, um, you know, I just, I work with them. I, I help them. I, I help the girls. Um get things to help them be safe and just giving them some tools to like start that yeah. leaving, you know, process. Cause you, most of them who leave just want to leave right away. They don't have a plan. So they end up going back because they think yeah. they can't do it on their own. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a cycle. It's just yeah. a vicious cycle. Well, and you've got to be around healthy people, right? If, if you, I mean, you can leave one thing and keep going back to another and back to another and back to another until you get the help to understand the, you know, the triggers and all the things like that. Otherwise, right, you know, once you kind of got a little healthy, then it sounds like you met a healthy man and were able to spot the differences. If you, you know, again, you don't know what's wrong until you see what's right. That's why support groups and things like that are super important because, it, you know, if you have all these unhealthy friends, you don't really know what healthy friends look like until you have them, right? You got to experience. Right it you know yes yeah and I would that's where I I survived during our marriage was my job mm -hmm. because I was there you know eight ten hours a day right yes and I could yes. be me all that time you know without mm -hmm. him although he would show up sometimes and so I was oh always gosh. you know looking around whatever mm -hmm. I went to bingo with my mom we used to go to bingo a lot and yeah. um he was peeking in the window Oh, you God. know, I'm just like, where do you think I'm at? <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, it was creepy. I mean, people yeah. have stalkers later sometimes, but not why you're married. And mm -hmm. it was very, um, it, my life was pins and needles for oh. 37 years. I'm so thankful you got out. I just, oh, wow. God had a plan. It's God had a plan. Oh, remember that stock, the Laura, the girl that got stalked at the tech company. Oh my God. And he came in and like shot everybody. That yes. is the best movie. Oh my God. Mine would have done that. all those movies, <laughs> but that was a true story. Luckily mm -hmm. he didn't kill her, but he killed like six people. And then himself, yes. this is what a lot of these guys do. So you're very lucky because they're, it's a control game. They're like, well, 
I, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to, you know, take these people with me. And anyway, right. going down. They, a just, they have just lost all. Um, I'm, how do I yeah. say it? they've lost all common sense. It's yeah. just like their focus is here and the anger and all they can think about is ruining that person and anybody else they might be associated with, you know, yeah. including children, which is hor- horrible. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was, I was, like I said, I was blessed in the sense that I didn't have to live continually with yeah. the fear of him driving by or, or coming here or going yeah. there afterwards um, because his brother did that to his wife. When she left him, he beat her, pistol whipped her and put her in the hospital and stalked her for years, you know. God, so that's it's, all. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I did meet a wonderful man who is, um, his mother taught him well and very <laughs> respectful of women oh, and um, just the kindest uh, giving person ever. Just, he is just wonderful. So we've been, what, 32 years now. Wow. We've been married and it's, it's been a blessing. So I, you know, I just thank God like you, I could, I couldn't have left then, you know, there was a reason for it. I needed to grow. I needed to show how strong my faith was Mm -hmm. and trust in the Lord. And here I am. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about your business and what you're doing, but just prior to that for maybe young women listening, Mm -hmm. people listening, um, what are just some suggestions, first of all, things to look for, right? If you're in a, if, if you're being molested or sexually abused, it's not normal. I know in your family, right. if that's happening, they're telling <clears throat> it's normal, but it's not, or you're made to believe it's normal. But then as we get out in the world, like, what do we look for? What, what are some of the traits um, to look for in an abusive person that may have the potential to be a, an abusive? First question, and then instincts. Women are always taught to ignore their instincts. I think you those know, that's so things. true. And I tell everybody that's a gift God gave each yeah. one of us. We need to listen to it more and more. Yeah. Um, you know, signs are um, possessiveness. Yeah. Um, they don't, they, they will, they will criticize your family. They'll criticize your friends. It will be slow. You know, they'll get your trust first. So it's almost like grooming what they do for children. Pedophiles do to children. They groom you and they tell you everything you lacking. I love you. You're beautiful. You're this, you're that. They might throw gifts at you. Um, Then when they feel like they have control over you, then they say, I want to be with you more. Do you really have to go with your friends or, you know, and your family just doesn't treat you right. And, you know, I'm here for you. So they start alienate you from your family, from your friends. Um, And then it goes even further where they start, you know, you're just theirs. You know, you are not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And because their mind is so um, morbid and, um, they start things that they are accusing you of or things they've either done or have thought about doing like, you know, uh, having an affair or whatever, you know, all those things come out. But if they are telling you after hurting you that I'm sorry, I love you, that is not love. My yeah. husband now has never laid a finger on me. Mm-hmm. He has never said anything verbally abusive to me ever. And they're out there. We just have to be patient and wait for them. Um, God has that person picked out for you, you know, whether it's a friend or a, a, a spouse or a partner, whatever. He has somebody picked out for you. But we have to 
grow within ourselves and not accept what we've been through. And that is hard for many women that I've spoken with is because they devalue themselves because they've been told they weren't worth anything. And Mm -hmm. somebody who loves you doesn't put you down. They don't do those things. So when somebody is trying to separate you from your friends and your, your family and trying to take control over you and then turning, you know, oh, I wouldn't be this angry if you didn't do this, if you had put the dishes yeah. away or whatever, you know, they turn everything around on you. So mm-hmm. you learn to believe, because this is all you know, you live this 24 seven, that, that there's, it's hard to get out. It really is, you know, um, but I just tell them, trust their gut. There is somebody there is somebody out there to help you. You have to find that person to trust, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your best friend. Um, sometimes it can be family. My instant, it was not. Um, and there's other resources, you know, um, uh, shelters out there. Weave is a big one out there, and there's there's wow. many more. Um, I have, a, like I said, a couple in the county that I'm in that and me, I mean, if you, whoever is watching this and is wondering how they can get help, they can reach out to me and I will send them the resources to yeah. help them do that, you know. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Have you ever read The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker? Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that book. That, that <laughs> is. Ladies, you should all read that, guys, too. But it just talks about how we stuff our instincts or, you know, from, from a young age, oh, your uncle, he's fine. You know, kids know. Young kids know, but but we're always told to stuff our instinct. I did this for years. And I, my joke was always, well, I felt it in my big toe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew something was wrong, yes. and then I didn't really acknowledge it until it blew up. Because we, right. we, as women, were like, oh, it's probably nothing. You know, and I love the thing where he says you know, it's two in the morning and the guy's in the dark parking lot wanting to help you with your groceries. He's like, the first thing you think of, you know, and and, where am I? Like, what's happening? Like this, you know, but instead we're like, oh, he's probably just trying to be nice. You know, (laughs) we tell ourselves that. And and that's why we're Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, it's 2 a.m. in a dark, creepy place. He's not trying to be nice. This is a great right. opportunity for you to be mean. But then as yeah. Christians, we're like, oh, you need to be sweet. Yeah, no, you don't. That's <laughs> what makes us an easy target. I know. It really is. And that's one of the things in some of the classes that I teach. Uh, yeah, I go into schools. I've been out to William Jessup University yeah. and did the incoming classes. And we talked about... Um, um, you know, the, the rape statistics and stuff and how they can prevent it. So when I talk to the young ones, I talk to them how, and even these older ones that just don't realize what the difference is between an easy target and a hard target. And I was an easy target because I walked with my head because no confidence. Right. So I'd walk down and now kids are, people are all in their phones, just oblivious to their surroundings. But, you know, walking with confidence, making eye contact, carrying a safety tool with you just in case. If you don't have to use it, God bless, you know, but if you don't have something and need it, you wish you did. Um, But it's really about giving them 
women the confidence to stand up for themselves. And there's a lot of things that I go over with them when we when we either do one-on-ones or if I'm doing a big presentation, whether it be seniors or mom's groups or whatever, um, I cater my presentations to each group. Uh-huh. So I'm touching base on that. And then if they need something more, then I can go into something more. But we're all about having non-lethal tools to give women kind of helping them layer the playing field because many of us, I had no voice, so I couldn't scream. Literally. I couldn't, "Ah!" (laughs) but I didn't know what to do, but now my voice, oh my God, it's loud. And if I feel (laughs) uncomfortable, I will typically hold my uh, stun gun in my hand somewhere. I've got it here. This is mine. I will hold it in my hand and I will hit that stun button and um, the zapper and just say, you better back off or I'm going to kick your butt. You know? yeah. And they take off because I've now made myself a hard target. I've shown them that I'm not going to be, oh, please don't hurt me. Yeah. They're not looking yeah. for a fight. They're looking for an easy target. Somebody yeah. they can take control over so quickly and get out of there and get what they want. Well, I want to go home safely. That's wow. my goal every time I leave my home. So I have something in me, on me, that I can access quickly so I can scare somebody away if need be. I love it. Yeah, they say it takes like a most perps, depending on the depth of their perpness or whatever, but like eight seconds to spot a victim. Like they just oh, yes. they know what they're looking for, which just incredibly creeps me out. And it's not even an intellect thing. It's just some bizarre, creepy, instinctual perpetrator thing. <laughs> You're like, are you born to be psycho like that? But I digress. Um, so they can they can spot it quick, which is yes. like what you're saying. We have to carry ourselves. We have to make eye contact. We have to do those things. So you, how did God lead you into Damsel in Defense? Tell me about the business, how it started, the things you're doing, and then uh, I know you brought some tools. You're gonna you're gonna show us those too. Mm-hmm. As well. Well, first, I want to um, say that I am not the founder of Damsel in Defense. Okay. I am independent. It's something oh, that okay. I I saw a brochure uh-huh. and I was reading the statistics on it about how women are um, uh, one in five women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Mm. And uh, before 70% before the age of 17. And then the one that really resonated with me um, was um, the one that said that college age girls are four times more likely to be assaulted yeah. within the first three months of college. And my daughter was just getting ready to start college. And I said, nope, she's not going to be a victim. So that's what drew me to the company. I said, okay, what do I do? How do I, how do I be a part of this? Well, we can all join individually. And um, so I joined and I started educating myself. I have no, didn't go to college. Remember I was under two thumbs for most of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what do I know? Well, I have experience. But then it's like, okay, how can I help somebody else? How can I know why this product is better than that? What's the difference between them? So I just continued education, education, education. Our company also offers weekly training um, that helps us in so, so many ways uh, because I want to know it all. I want to learn it all because I, there's no corner in society that safety doesn't affect us all. Yeah. You know, so Mm -hmm. I want to learn everything, every aspect about it. And then when I did join and I got to meet the founder, Mindy, 
and we had a session at our first conference and it was about telling about ourselves and story after story after story that we, you know, we heard everything from mine to, you know, the sex trafficking from mm-hmm. um, somebody still living in hiding from a relationship, domestic violence, whatever. But knowing, learning from Mindy, that's her name, Mindy Lynn, that she was also assaulted as a child mm-hmm. and she wanted to help other women not have that. And also children. We also have children's literature, as you talked about, you know, oh. trusting your instincts. This is Becca's yeah. best friend, my favorite book. But we have 10 of those and they're all each individual about different safety topics and how we I help children, our heart defenders. That's what we call uh-huh. our little superhero characters, yeah. our heart defenders and help them get through a situation and always help trust their gut, listen to their heart. We say, listen to your heart, uh, your heart signal, yeah. and trust your instincts and mm, always tell it. a trusted adult. So mm. it's we touch every aspect, whether they're littles, whether they're seniors, whatever, because we have to teach ourselves each other, women empower women. And yeah. when you see somebody who's been, let's say like me, who has been through something, that I can say, okay, this is what's helped me. Now, I don't know if it's going to help you, but look at me now. I yeah. want people to see success here. Mm-hmm. And that's what Damsel has done for me. It's helped me be, help my family financially. Yeah. Um, it has helped me emotionally, spiritually. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I said we're a Christian company and I love little things in our books and in our products. And we talk yeah. about the shield and we talk about armor and and mm-hmm. that. So he's in every little aspect of this company. And every thing that every time we're selling and educating somebody, percentage goes back to several different organizations, RAIN, Rape Awareness Incest National Network, um, Children and Women's Alliance in Idaho. And um, our big one is Destiny Rescue. We've partnered with them about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And they actually do the boots on the ground out of the country and they do um, rescued girls from sex trafficking. Oh, I love and, that. But they need a place, right? Yeah. They need a yeah. place. So we have two damsel houses. We call them our damsel house project where these girls get to go, they get educated, they learn a new trade, they mm-hmm. get spiritual guidance, they're learning how to find their voice and stand on their own and do work that they can trust, you know, that mm-hmm. they can believe in yeah. and not sell their bodies anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're given a safe haven. And we've rescued over 1500 girls in eight years. Wow. Oh, and I love that. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got all the the mental and emotional part of the protection, and then you've got quite a few products. Like here's the stun gun. Here I'll just whoop this thing. <laughs> this is the stun gun. Yeah, see, it even says damsel in defense. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're listening to it, you heard it. 
but it's gorgeous. I just, I love blue is my favorite color. <laughs> and I have had this since we met. And I'm telling oh you gosh. right now, this, the battery like never runs out. This is one of the greatest things. So you have lots, it's very sleek. It's very girly, but you can hold it in your hand. You can jog with it. You can just stick it in your pocket of your sweats when you're jogging. And you have a lot of fun little things like this, like things that look like pens and just a lot of different products. Well, this is um, our newest stun device here. It's called okay. Missing the Point. Okay. Um, this one, you just have to turn it on. It looks like a pen. Up on top. Let me get it on here. My eyes aren't so good. And then you hit the button. Okay. Turn it on, Robin. Sorry. <laughs> it's very cute. It's pink too. Well, they have pink, purple, black, and teal. I yeah. Am. There we go. Okay. So, okay. I just turned it off. I'm so crazy here. That's okay. Anyway, there we go. It tells you when it needs to be charged. See the blue lights right yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a little flashlight. I'll turn it to the side so it won't get oh, you. Wow. And then you turn it down and then you hit this little button here and then you got your zap. <laughs> so it's a stun gun. And a flashlight. Yes. And all I of our sun guns it. have a flashlight, which is perfect because, oh, yeah, I think you know, I'm... you're out late at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, yes. I love it. You have never used I it. I knew that. I used it a lot in the morning when yes. I was doing mornings yeah. on the fish, and I had it with me going in. Right. Um, and, the parking a lot. lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they started doing construction in the lot at really early, oh, at like four, yes. and there was a couple like weird guys. They'd be like, hey. And I'd be like, yeah, no, hey. You know, but this this helped me because I was like, okay, I can, you know. <laughs> so it was good. It gives, you, it gives you a little confidence. And I think with these tools, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you can put them in. Can you fly with them? Because see, no. I you uh, have to. Bummer. I check mine in the luggage, but you can under put the, it under in the your plane. But you can put it in your luggage, right? Yes, most places okay. you can. It's always I always tell people. I said check where you're traveling to. Okay, and look, just type in. You know, you're going to Cabo. Are stun guns legal in Cabo? Pepper spray, right? Right. And yeah. if they aren't, then you might think twice. So. We do have a tactical pin that I take with me in my purse. This is it. Can you see that real good? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get it there. So this, you just turn it this way and then the pin comes out. See it? So I can actually write with it. Wow. But if I needed to use it in self-defense, I can either hit this way. Like if somebody snuck up behind me, I could hit them this way or whatever. Uh-huh. But the tip of this, not only does it break a glass window, so you've got a tool for your car, too, to break out if you need to escape in a car accident or something. Mm-hmm. But also, you could use this to collect DNA, and then, you know, you could oh give gosh, that to the wow. police and say, here, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also, our stun guns, our pepper sprays, and our all our security items are all have a lifetime manufacturer warranty as well as an incident replacement policy. So Mm. Jody, if you had to use your stun gun and maybe you dropped it and you were running from somebody, whatever, and you lost it, you file a police report, you let Uh us know we're going to replace it for free. I love it. We Mm. don't want you to be without anything. You know, we want you and the quality of the products. I've been here 11 years Mm -hmm. and there is nobody out there that matches us with our warranty uh, warranties, our customer service, you get me, <laughs> um, you know, but a couple of our, uh, other products that I just value more than anything. And I carry both of them, 
not only is this one of our pepper sprays, this is an alarm. Both of these are Bluetooth connected through your phone. Nice. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And when I send an alert, that is going to go to five of my contacts who I've already programmed into our free app. It's called Shield Community App. It's free. They are in there, my contacts. They are going to get a a a link, a, a message. I just hit my button there, and right here, and then I get the link goes out. They receive a text. Let me see if I open it up. The text right there, and the blue lines right here. So they're going to click on that, and mm-hmm. it's going to show my exact location. Wow! Oh, that's so cool. And it's tracking. Dang. So let's yeah. say mm-hmm. I was running and I got, a, you know, maybe somebody threw me in a car and took me off. My alert is going to go off until I say I'm safe. And wow. it's going to go on each time it goes off every two minutes, mm-hmm. up to five every two minutes. They're going to get an update of my location. So wow. I know people know where I'm at, at before something happens or while something's happened. And then that gives my concentration more in the fight instead of worrying about who's going to help me. Because unfortunately, we live in a day and age where everybody just picks up their phone and videotapes everything instead of stepping in to help. So knowing we have these and that we have one of the pepper sprays, this one is an alarm. I'm not going to turn it on. It's very loud. But (laughs) this is one is really good for anybody who, let's say you have a child at home and somebody's breaking in and they're home by themselves, but they don't want... They don't want to know the person know where they're at. Or if you're hiding from a domestic violence and you don't know, want him to know where you're at, but you want help. All you have to do is push this little button on the back. Mm-hmm. See the blue light? Mm-hmm. That now just sent a link to my contacts who can then call the police wow. or, you know, and send for help. So I know that if I need a large alarm, then I can do that. And then the link again goes to those people. So, so it sprays them with pepper spray and also sends a link? Or yeah. So like this one, I call this crazy. this button right here, I call this a panic button. Right now my pepper spray is, is locked, so I can't use it. But maybe I don't need to use my pepper spray yet. Maybe they're not close enough or, Got it. or mm-hmm. um, I fear there might be something going on and I'm going to send a link, uh, a notification to my family. So all I have to do is hold this button down. And then that goes into my my app on the phone, and then it goes out to the family. Wow. But if I did have to uh, send uh, spray them by pushing this down on the panic button, that also sends out the pepper spray and the link again. Wow! Oh my god! And this, like your stun device, it has a strap on it, so if it were taken away from you, right. They can't use it on you because it's it's unlocked the uh, pepper spray canister. But there's still the creep is now sending out a link to your where you're at. <laughs> I love it. Payback, love right? It. <laughs> oh, so yeah, those great. are just a couple of things. We have a lot of things for the house, for the car, for like I said, for children. We have a whole bunch of literature. The other thing for women living in domestic violence are just you know, even normal people who need a lock on their door, mm-hmm. this goes inside the door jam. You shut the door, the, the bolt goes in there. And then this thing locks in this place. 
and that door cannot be opened. Wow. So it's great for, you know, if you're traveling in hotel rooms, live in an apartment yes. where you don't have a secure door, but those items um, I always recommend for um, those that are trying to escape that have that fear of them getting in. We have a window and a door alarm um, uh -huh. that can be used for anybody as well as for them. Um, and then those that are trying to escape domestic violence and trying to save things or just want some things. We have this cute little can that looks like a spray can. It's uh -huh. not. It's got a false bottom. So you can hide pepper spray or money. Uh -huh. um, uh, wow. Some paperwork that you might need in that. And then our cute little airbrush. I'm like, okay, what is this? It works. It's great. But the top unscrews Ooh, and wonderful. I can hide my pepper spray in there or I can put money in there or whatever. I can take this anywhere and I still have protection with me. Wow. Oh my goodness. So many, so many neat things to help women. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're basically for women because we are the statistic. Yep. Um, not that these things, like, as we all know, domestic violence, sexual assault affects men as well. Yes, um, but we do have products where we have them in black. So men who like their black can get some tools, yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. to carry with them as well. Um, because, you know, again, safety has no boundaries. Yep. It has no, um, demographic, you know, it doesn't matter what sex you are. It affects every one of us at every age level. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Wow. Well, Robin, this has been amazing. Thank you for coming on and sharing just your heart, your story, kind of the, the the beginning to the end. I'm so glad that God brought you into this place of victory. It's just amazing. Shows us that no matter what we've been through, God can use it all to bless others and give us the uh a victorious life, you know? Uh, so that's just fantastic. Let people know uh, your info. Uh, you're available to do presentation speaking and uh, your website and info to where uh, I would go back. And this is a, an audio podcast, but there's also video that I'm going to put up on YouTube. So if you want to go back and actually see the, <laughs> the demonstrations that Robin was showing, definitely go back and watch it. But let everybody know how to get in contact with you. Okay, you can, uh, my website has my email address on there. It has my phone number on there yeah. um, where you could reach out and you have questions. Um, if you're looking for resources, you can go there first under my profile and you'll see all the links that I have there. Uh, my website is Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at DefendableMe, not Dependable, D-E-F-E-N-D-A-B-L-E-M-E.com. Uh, Okay. Awesome. I should have Rob? said, okay, that's my, I just gave you my email because it's not Oh Robin. yeah, I was going to say that did sound like an email. Defendableme.com. No Robin, no at. So yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Robin at defendableme.com is the email to reach out to you yes. and then the website defendableme.com. Yes. I love that. Robin, thanks for being here. Well, thank you. It was nice chatting with you again. Yes, I know. Thanks for listening, friends. You can listen on your favorite apps. Please do leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Um, and uh, God bless you. And thank you so much for listening to Genuine Life Recovery. Thank you so much, friends, for listening to Genuine Life Recovery, playing on your favorite app or on my website at jodystevens.org. It's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. There you can check out my podcast, blog, recovery coaching info, speaking, and more. Check it out.